Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now. M-S-W Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. Today, Evan Corcoran was waved off searching Trump's office in the documents case. The Department of Justice's inspector general has released its semi-annual report to Congress. Ron DeSantis's fight with Disney blows up some major Florida real estate deals. Trump's lawyers start to wonder who among them could be the snitch. Republican Rep. Chris Stewart is going to resign from Congress. And Tara Reid has defected to Russia. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana. Happy hump day. Happy hump day to you. You know who's not defecting to Russia? Us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we get to stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to go back and find everyone on Twitter who called me an idiot for saying she was working with Russia and just like laugh at them individually. But I'm going to be too busy reporting on Trump indictments, you know, so it's I just don't have time. I just understood. don't have time. I mean, I understood. Let's take, you know, when they go low, we go. <laughs> I really wish we could go low. Sometimes. <laughs> when they go low, I want to go low, but I don't have time. <laughs> That's basically it. I'm, I'm restricted by time. 
I wish there were clones of me that could do it for me. That would be great. That would be a great use of AI. Go, robots, and find my enemies. (laughs) (laughs) I told you so. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, Some big news just dropped, and and nobody's really making a big deal out of it. But Politico is reporting that that, uh, Vivek guy who's running for, you know, the guy who had the argument with Don Lemon right before Don Lemon got fired from CNN. He's running for president, I guess. He was forced to have two of his top advisors register under the Foreign Agents Registration Act as agents of Saudi Arabia because they work with the Live Golf Tournament. Oh, Yeah. And so I called up Andy McCabe. You know, we do the Jack podcast and I'm like, because we know Jack subpoenaed the, you know, Trump organization for info about the Live Golf Tournament and about his, you know, Trump's real estate deals in Saudi Arabia. And now I'm wondering if Jack Smith is investigating Trump for violations of the Foreign Agents Registration Act. Is Trump considered an agent of Saudi Arabia and hasn't registered? And, uh, you know, I'm trying to see if we can get a Farah expert to come on to the jackpot and talk about that. So I'm working on that. And Hugo Lowell had some incredible reporting early this morning that Evan Corcoran was apparently waved off. You know, he was told to search the storage room only. And he's when he asked if he should search anywhere else, like Trump's office, he was he was told no. And so that's, you know, and then, of course, the FBI came in and found 100 more documents, including ones in Trump's office. And a new inspector general report is just out from the Department of Justice. And it has a list of open investigations that the DOJ IG is conducting. And it's an interesting list. But what I'm most interested in is not on the list anymore. And and I'll go over that investigation. It's no longer an ongoing investigation. And we'll talk about that on Jack as well. So definitely, if you, ha- if you haven't been listening to Jack, now's a good time because <laughs> shit's about to hit the fan. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe all the things. Of course, I'll bring it up here on the beans. But, you know, for that nice deep dive with Andy McCabe, uh, tune into Jack. All right. We have a lot of news to get to on the beans today, including good news. So if you have any good news, you can submit it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And I just want to take a second, Dana, to really just thank our patrons. They make this show possible. Indeed. Their donations go toward paying our employees and having health benefits and 401k stuff. And, you know, it really just, I, I can't thank our patrons enough. It, they, they make this whole thing run. We've got some amazing editors and producers and sound engineers that, that, you know, we were able to hire because of our patrons. And we've got a great team at MSW Media. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I just wanted to say that. That's all. Wonderful. I think that you should. <laughs> they are amazing. And, you know, everyone who listens to this show, just superb. Mwah, chef's kiss. All right. We have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. From Jose Palieri at the Daily Beast, according to five sources with direct knowledge of the sitch, clashing personalities and the increasing outside threat of law enforcement has sown deep divisions that have only worsened in recent months in the Trump legal team, which I refer to as the Blunderdome. The internal bickering has already sparked one departure in recent weeks, and that could be just the beginning. The cast of characters includes an accused meddler who has Trump's ear, a young attorney who lawyers on the team suggest is only there because she looks good, and a celebrity lawyer who's increasingly viewed with disdain. Worst of all, now that some federal investigators have turned the interrogation spotlight on some of the lawyers themselves, defense attorneys on the team seem to be questioning whether their colleagues may actually turn into snitches. <laughs> the mole. Welcome to ABC's The Mole. All right. Part of the concern 
over lawyers turning on each other is due to the fact the Department of Justice already has one Trump attorney's professional notes, that's Corcoran, which could position him as a future witness against his own client. And the Department of Justice has another lawyer of Trump's who said too much in an unrelated case and has positioned herself as yet another potential witness against her client, Donald Trump. But much of the anger from Trump's lawyers is directed at one fella. Can you guess who it is? Um, Epstein? You got it. It's Boris, who's accused of running interference on certain legal advice from more experienced gladiators, courtroom gladiators. Epstein seems to have the former president's supreme confidence with what's described as a final say on all matters relating to public relations and legal issues. But there's snickering in the shadows, Jose says. Several sources ridiculed the way Epstein refers to himself as in-house counsel. That's normally a term for a company's corporate attorney, noting it also echoes the way John Gotti's mafia lawyer used to describe himself. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. In-house counsel for the Gambino crime family. How you doing? Quote, Boris pissed off all the Florida lawyers. People are dropping like flies. Everybody hates him. He's a toxic loser. He's a complete psycho. That's a a person who could barely contain their anger while discussing him. (laughs) And then he went on to say he's got daddy issues and Trump is his daddy. Ew and hilarious. (laughs) Uh, Right? At the same time, ha ha ha. Parlatoria's sudden departure from Trump's legal team came after a never reported meeting last month at Mar-a-Lago. Never reported where several lawyers threatened to leave. According to two sources who described it as an intervention, the lawyers handling the case put forward an ultimatum. Either Epstein goes or we go. Four sources describe how Epstein would at times stand guard between Trump and his own defense attorneys, demanding all communication go through him. One of the sources noted that Parlatore's first ever one-on-one meeting with Trump was when the defense lawyer recently submitted his resignation. (laughs) Oh, look at that. It's nice to meet with you one-on-one. I quit. (laughs) Uh, Epstein declined to comment on the record, but a Trump 2024 campaign spokesman moved to create distance between the remaining lawyers and the departing counsel. Interesting, creating distance between potential witnesses in a criminal case. Quote, Mr. Parlatore is no longer a member of the legal team. His statements regarding current members of the legal team are unfounded, categorically false. That's Stephen Chung talking to the Daily Beast. Meanwhile, defense attorneys Alina Haba and Chris Kyes are gearing up for the civil trial in October against the New York attorney general who seeks to bleed the Trump organization dry and destroy his ability to conduct business in the financial capital of the world by holding him personally liable for bank and insurance fraud. And that is uh, that is not a case against the attorney general. I'm not sure why that says that. That's her fraud. Yeah, it's bad wording in the story for sure. Now, in Georgia, the defense lawyer Drew Findling, Melissa Goldberg and Jennifer Little are preparing for the Fulton County District Attorney to indict Trump in July or August over the way he intimidated the state's top election officials while trying to overturn his loss. A recorded phone call where he was advised by yet other lawyers that he trusted. And an entirely different team of lawyers split up between the nation's capital and his Oceanside, Florida state, Former federal prosecutors Evan Corcoran, John Rowley, and Jim Trusty up north and Halligan down south are gearing up for two different fights with the Department of Justice. Now, meanwhile, Dana, there's growing resentment against Alina Haba and Joe Takapina for their handling of the E. Jean Carroll case. The former president didn't bother showing up. His attorneys presented no case, and the jury swiftly concluded in like two hours that he committed sexual abuse and defamation. One source commended the duo for putting up a fight while dealing with a no-bullshit federal judge and a client who wouldn't stop digging himself into a hole. (laughs) But others ripped Alina Haba for failing to get better rulings from the federal judge before the trial and tore into Takapina over his brutish performance in court. 
But what's really driving the deepest distrust is the way Jack Smith's investigators have started turning up the heat on Trump lawyers driving wedges between the counselors and their client. It happened when a federal judge, citing the existence of a possible crime, unilaterally and speedily handed Corcoran's notes over to Jack Smith's team. And it happened when those prosecutors questioned Haba, who put herself in an impossible situation when she declared in the New York Attorney General's case that she completed a diligent search at Mar-a-Lago for documents relevant to the business fraud case, only to have the FBI later find classified documents in those desk drawers and cabinets. (laughs) Quote, it's either perjury or incompetence, said one insider. I would say both. Both? Can we have both? Several attorneys on Trump's team consider these two events potential liabilities, you think, given that the feds could pressure them to become witnesses against their client. Department of Justice case is getting so hot, some lawyers have begun to see it as radioactive to their careers. Just now, just now, one lawyer on Trump's team emphatically told the Daily Beast, I have nothing to do with that. I have a law license to protect. Another stress they might slam the eject button before it gets much worse. We, oh, my we, God. We could see more resignations. Quote, it's crazy in there. It really is. I've heard there's a mess coming. There is so much more to this story. Please read it. It's by Jose Palieri from the Daily Beast. If you want to read it all, go Google it. It's incredible. So, so good. All right, AG, thank you so much. Uh, Next story, we've got U.S. Rep. Chris Stewart. He plans to resign his seat in Congress. That announcement could come as early as Wednesday morning. Multiple sources have confirmed to the Salt Lake Tribune that Stewart announced his plan to resign, citing ongoing health issues with his wife. It was unclear what those health issues may be. First elected by Utahns in 2012, Stewart is serving his sixth term in Congress. In 2022, he won re-election over Democrat Nick Mitchell by over 30 percentage points. Now, Stewart will be the second member of Utah's congressional delegation to resign midterm in the past six years. Former Rep. Jason Chavitz gave up his seat in Congress in 2017 to become a pundit on Fox News' channel. Yep, picking a replacement for the remainder of Stewart's term will require a special election. Once Stewart officially announces his resignation, Governor Spencer Cox has seven days to set the primary and special election schedule. Well, under state law, those dates will be the same as this year's municipal primary and general elections unless the legislature appropriates money to hold an election on a different date. Stewart's resignation would temporarily reduce the GOP's already slim majority until his replacement is selected. And now Stewart was widely believed to be preparing to run for the U.S. Senate seat, currently held by Senator Mitt Romney. Well, his forthcoming announcement added an open house seat to the mix. That's going to likely scramble that calculation. (laughs) Yep, the congressman holds seats on the House Appropriations Committee and the House Intelligence Committee. So he is vacating. Na, 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 na. Hey, 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 goodbye. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you, sir. <laughs> Your margin is down to 221 Republicans in the House. Okay, next up from Gideon Rubin at Raw Story. A woman who during the 2020 presidential campaign accused Joe Biden of sexually assaulting her announced on Tuesday she's defecting to Russia. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Tara Reid made the announcement during a press conference on Russian state television in which she appeared with convicted spy Maria Butina. Reed, who served as a Biden aide from 92 to 93, alleged that then-Senator Biden assaulted her in 93 at a Capitol Hill office. 
Now, questions about Reid's credibility surfaced in the months after she made her allegations against Biden public, including from me. CNN's Edward Isaac Dovier reports that Butina is using her influence as a Duma member to lobby Vladimir Putin to fast track Reid's citizenship. Okay, quote, Russian state media announces that convicted Russian spy Maria Butina, now a member of the Duma, is asking Putin to fast track Russian citizenship for Tara Reid, the woman whose accusation of sexual assault rocked the Biden campaign in 2020. That's interesting wording. I don't think that's necessarily true. And who's now already in Russia. Yeah, rocked. Mm. Yeah. And again, Maria Butina convicted of being a foreign agent and for her infiltration of the Republican Party. She had like she was a honeypot. She was dating like six different guys that had that were part of Trump's campaign. And she infiltrated the NRA back in 2016 with torsion. That whole I mean, all the people who used to listen to the Mueller She Wrote podcast going back back in the day all remember who Maria Butina is. So, yeah, well, she's got a new friend in Russia. She sang The Little Mermaid with Erickson, one of her targets. Mm. karaoke that was something we can't unhear for the rest of our lives oh i'm glad that i never had to witness that and we're just going to keep moving as if it never happened this is from adam nichols at raw story ignoring it won't make it go away Dana. oh it will right now while disney's scrapping of a 900 million dollar development in florida has derailed other major real estate projects that are already underway and this is from the wall street journal this is what they reported monday The company canceled plans for office space and the relocation of 2,000 workers from California earlier this month amid a brutal feud from Florida's governor and Republican presidential hopeful. Hopeful? (laughs) Ron DeSantis. All right. The planned office park in Orlando, that had been a central part of an 11,000-acre planned community. And Disney's cancellation has put the whole development in jeopardy. That's what the journal's reporting. Disney's development would have taken up 60 acres of an 11,000-acre planned community called Lake Nona, and that's being built by Tavistock Development Company. Now, many of the other commercial and residential projects, as well as other housing developments in the Orlando area, had planned on the influx of Disney's workers. More than 2,100 apartments have been built since Disney announced it was moving, (laughs) compared to only 750 in the three years before, and that's according to the journal construction of another 1,200 were planned. Now, this is a quote. It's pullout could contribute to a glut of homes in the community. This is from the journal. The Lake Nona development also includes restaurants and a hotel, which had banked on Disney bringing in business. Disney, quote, would have been a transformational development project for Lake Nona. This is from Lisa McNatt, and she's a market analytics expert based in Orlando. And went on to say it would have resulted in a strong uptick in higher income jobs that could have benefited the Orlando area at large. Mm. And as we know, the fight between Disney and DeSantis started when Disney criticized the don't say gay bill uh-huh, that bars classroom discussions of sexual orientation and gender identity. Several lawsuits have been filed since with Disney accusing DeSantis of retaliation. Mm. And uh, I do believe that might be true. Yeah. You know, just a hunch. And everybody go see The Little Mermaid. Do yourself Indeed. a favor. Absolutely fantastic. I think they were expecting 10 million. They got 160 or something like massive. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, so fucking cool. Yeah, well, hey, mess with the mouse. You get the ears. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Live your life in the way that you don't get sued by a giant fucking rodent. Okay? Okay. <laughs> I always think of, I know where that's originally from, right? And then, of course... The principal in Breakfast Club did it. 
you know, where he's the yeah. mess with the bull, you get the horns. But I always think of some kind of wonderful when she's playing dice as she was, she's driving him and Amanda Jones out around their dates and she's playing dice in the parking lot with a bunch of guys. And you mess with the bull, you get the horns, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, dude, I love that movie so much. That is the pretty in pink that never got made. So, and it did, well, it did get made, but okay. Now I have to explain. Okay. So pretty, pretty in pink. The ending didn't go the way that it was originally written. Okay. Originally, it was written that Ducky would end up with uh, Molly Ringwald's character, Andy. But it didn't test well, so they, Ducky and her just remained friends, and, and Andy got back together with Blaine, the major appliance, not a name. Yes. It was like, what? But then John Hughes was like, come on, that's not what I wanted. So he made some kind of wonderful, where the two right people end up at the end. So Love it. if you haven't seen it, so now you have homework. Some Kind of Wonderful with Eric Stoltz and uh, Little Mermaid. Those are the two things. All right. right. That's That's enough for pop culture from the Daily Beans today. Uh, We'll be right back with the good news. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news. And if you have any good news or corrections or confessions, or you want to play what the mutt, or I can guess what kind of horse you have, that's fun. Or if you have a shout out for a loved one or a local business in your area or your business, because I know we have got a lot of makers and creators and wonderful business entrepreneurs that listen to this program, you can send that to us. Or if you have a shit kid say or shit you say, I say a lot of weird, dumb stuff. So anything you want will be stories. Uh, send it in to us. What you're doing for Pride Month, I would love to hear about that too. You can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. All right. First up from Lisa, pronouns she and her, lovely leguminati. I, too, have been loving all the shout-outs to supportive partners. And after hearing Heather's story, I wanted to send one to my husband of 23 years. We met nearly 30 years ago during my first attempt at college, which I wasn't able to finish due to chronic fatigue syndrome. And his support doing all the cooking and all the chores when I was working full-time and going to school full-time was the whole reason I was able to finally finish my degree in 2016. I wrapped up my work two days before the election that year, but that's another story for another time. Lisa, I want to hear that story. Send it in. He is also the reason I finally started listening to the Daily Beans and Jack and clean up on all 45. Last year, out of sheer self-defense, after years of him talking about AG said, dating back to the early Muller She Wrote days, and now I never miss a show. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Clearly, I have, I'm like E.F. Hutton. <laughs> E.F. Hutton talks. Another pretty in pink quote. Where I'm in a John Hughes fog. Today. I knew that wasn't going to be the end of pop culture, by the way. When you said that before the break, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clearly, I have much to thank him for. My animal tax is the postcard that made us think of you, AG, on our recent trip to Belize. Yee frog orgy. Frog orgy. <laughs> From Belize with love. <laughs> so good. I, I want to see Belize. I've always wanted to go there. I have to find out what that's like. All right. This one's from Aaron, pronouns he and him. This is sending a shout out to Bon Cheval. I hope I'm saying that right. It's Bon, B-O-N-C-H-E-V-A-L, bonchaval.net. It's an equine CBD company run by, oh, Aaron's wife and her friend. Here's a pic of Dolce, pronounced like an S. Okay, so it's Dolce, not a K or a C-H. I just don't read ahead, people. That's all. Here's a pic of Dolce. 
Avida of Majestic. Oh, Dulce. It was one of those serendipitous, picture-perfect moments. <gasps> what the hequine? What the hequine? <gasps> hequine? Okay. Um, it can't be a hequine. Maybe it's, that's... A, maybe it's a boy. Maybe it's a hequine. <laughs> okay, it's a hequine. Go he ahead. Hemquine? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to see. Yeah, well, if you pronounce equine, equine, then it would That be looks equine. like a black stallion to me, but I don't even know if that's a real guess. Uh, either a thoroughbred or a Morgan, but the, the, it's got a little bit of a dish face, but it's got that big neck. I just scrolled down. If you guess this without scrolling, you get some sort of prize, but you're off on all your other guesses. Oh, you gave me too many hints. Um, Arabian. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Arabian because of the dish face. Oh, Frisian. Okay. Of course, AG. I mean, who would not have known that was a Frisian horse? I finally got a horse wrong. Beautiful, beautiful horse. An incredible, <laughs> incredible photo, right? It really is. Now. It's absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely Thank gorgeous. You. I wish I knew more about them. I think they're majestic creatures. They're incredible. All right. This is from David, pronouns he and him. Good news. After several years of depression and struggling, my girlfriend has found her focus and ambition and is knocking out requirements to get into a very selective college program that will help her enter a career in which she can help people in pain get better. Oh. By selective, I mean they will only accept between 24 and 30 students for the cohort that starts this year. She's excited for the prospects of helping injured people rehabilitate as physical therapy assistant. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, she took the placement exam and knocked it out of the park. I can't even say Babe Ruth style because she definitely pointed into the shallow foul ball territory <laughs> and then blasted it into the cheap seats with solid A in language, solid A in anatomy, and a reasonable passing score in math. She also earned a seat in a selective summer seminar for students pursuing allied health, and she just finished a stint volunteering at the physical therapy clinic where she is treated, assisting the techs, shadowing the doctors, and learning the basics in the field. I'd say she's on track for October, but there's no time for that since the program starts in August. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for your 2023 MVP, Angie! Angie, 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 Angie. Oh, that's so, so amazing. PTAs are so, so needed. Oh, wonderful. And congratulations. Indeed. And language and anatomy. I guess I'm no good at anatomy, unless it's horse anatomy. I mean. But, you know, that's just so, so, so great, David. So congrats. Congrats, Angie. Alrighty, let's see. We've got one from Leslie P, pronoun she and her. Hello. Every morning, I look forward to listening to the beans as I'm making coffee to hear the news and to laugh. Thank you both so much for all that you do. I may even sign up on Instagram or TikTok to follow you. Yeah, you please do. Every day I think of things I want to write in, but this is the first time I've actually written in. My husband and I live in Colorado Springs. Yes. So we are so excited that Yummy, a democratically aligned independent, won the mayor's race here. I never thought Colorado Springs would be without a scumbag Republican mayor. As an aside, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> yes. No. So I'm excited that Donna Deegan won there as well. We live about two miles from the conservative assholes focus on the family, which you mentioned in the other the other day. Uh, I've lived here for 25 years, over 25 years. And I remember years ago seeing bumper stickers, which read focus on your own damn family, which I thought was awesome. Being staunch liberal in a red city county is tough, but we are obviously moving in the right direction. We don't currently have a pet, but I've submitted a photo of the late Monet, who died of cancer many years ago. Monet Lorraine de Cour, Monet the Queen of Hearts, was her full name. 
She was a purebred Frenchie who was raised to be a show dog, but didn't have the correct proportions. Fuckers. Stupid. (laughs) I was born this way. Uh, The breeder found uh, what she thought was a nice man to adopt her, but ended up selling her to the puppy mill, a puppy mill in Missouri. The breeder eventually found out about it and was able to get her back. And ultimately we adopted her. Such a sweet girl to humans, but vicious with other dogs, probably because of her ordeal. Yeah, I don't, don't blame her. Hope you enjoy the pick. Thanks for what you do. Why couldn't I have guessed this breed? This one I got. <laughs> that you would have gotten. Look at this beautiful, beautiful girl. Oh, So sweet in a little, a little pink coat. Oh my God, adorable. I love it. Oh. I'm glad you got this one. I'm really glad you got this one. Oh, this is from Cuddly Turtle, pronoun she and her. Good morning, lovelies. Good morning to you, Cuddly. Not a correction, but a suggestion. When discussing aging Carol's cases, it would help calling them case A and B, or possibly first case and second case. When you say case one, my brain asks one, W-O-N, or one, one and O-N-E. I know your brilliant listeners can work it out, but simplicity is the best in my world. More than anything, I'm submitting so I can attach a picture of our princess. Her adoption was finalized in April. How can you not gush over that face? It's perfect. She's seven months old in this picture and has the most expressive eyebrows. Oh my God. She's really sweet. And the bear and the raccoon and the beaver on the blanket. blanket. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And And the mushroom. Oh my gosh. Absolutely perfect. Just perfect. Thank you for sending that in. I know Dana was like needing one of these. Yes. I love them. Yeah. Maybe when we talk about Carol's case, we could call it uh, the 2019 and the 2022. How about that? Yeah, there you go. And that will uh, let you know which one, because when you call it the 2019, you instantly realize that that's when he was president. So it has to do with the shit he said when he was president. Ah, there you go. But now we have a second amended complaint. Woot, woot. And the DOJ is going to hopefully change its mind. Doo, 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 doo. Uh, and then I'll do a dance and um, we will all have some champagne. Make a little love. Get down tonight. <laughs> that is the news for this Wednesday. Thank you all again so much for listening. Seriously, I this is uh, like this is my dream job and you y'all make it real. So I appreciate you very much. And also thanks to our patrons who make it possible. Uh, do you have any shout outs you want to give, my friend, before we get out of here? You're going to be gone for the next two days. I will be indeed. I will be in Utah. So if anyone's going to be in Utah for the Utah Pride Live, which is Thursday on June 1st, I hope to see you there. For some reason, you'd still like to go. You can get tickets and you can go to my website, danagoldberg.com and go to appearances. There's tickets there for Utah Pride Live. And it's myself and Brian Justin Crum and two incredible famous drag queens and a DJ. And we're going to have a party and it's open bar and food and a big deal. So it's going to kick off Pride Week in Salt Lake City. And there is a thriving LGBTQ community in Salt Lake, regardless of what people may believe. Yes, it's so, so true. I cannot wait to get out there. I love it. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to get out there. It's absolutely beautiful in Salt Lake City. It really is. And I've been to Salt Lake and I've been to Park City and I, they're just both incredible. And I really want to go to Zion. Zion's in Utah, right? Zion National oh yeah. Park. Beautiful, beautiful. The Narrows, <sighs> I actually did that. Uh, for those of you that have hiked the Narrows, you know this. Unfortunately, we didn't get to go through the whole thing because, and I'm not kidding, three drops of rain fell and they were like, get out of the Narrows. Because if you get stuck in the Narrows and there's a flash flood, you don't come out of the Narrows. So the, the rangers make sure if there's any sign of rain, they clear the entire canyon. Oh, wow. That's, yep. well, that's good to know. And it's good to know the rangers are on it. Indeed. Thank you, my civil servants. 
And uh, yeah, I've been meaning to do a national parks tour. I'm a veteran, right? I should be going out and seeing the national parks since I can go. And my uh, disposition as a veteran allows me to to go do that at no cost. So I, you know, I should. Definitely. I really should get out and see all these places. But I'm that show is going to be so awesome. I know you got a show in Rochester too, right? Coming up. I do. Yeah. July 28th. You can get tickets for that on my website as well. Thanks for the reminder. Mm-hmm. July 28th, it's going to be at Comedy at the Carlson. And it's a great little comedy room, but it's the smaller room. Um, I'm just doing the intimate 100 person room. So if you're in upstate New York, central western New York, actually, I should say, anywhere near Rochester, tickets are available um, on my website. And that's a July 28th show. Yeah. And get them now. If there's only 100 seats in that theater, they're going to sell out. So yeah. snatch them up while you can, Beans listeners. All right. That's our Wednesday show. I will be back in your ears tomorrow. Also, there is a new episode of Clean Up on Aisle 45 out today. And Pete Strzok drops a lot of F-bombs. He has a little, bit of yeah. a, a little bit of a rant at the end. I don't think, yeah, you die. You definitely don't want to miss that. So check that out. It's free wherever you get your pods. And uh, I appreciate y'all. We'll see you tomorrow. I'll be holding down the fort. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. And the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. M-S-W Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, Welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry... We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. 
you will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th. Or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.